Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. I am a mile high. Don't worry, Jay. Wait, wait, wait. Denver. What? What? I'm in Denver. <laughs> Kevin AC, Potter's beat writer for the Union Tribune. My boss, who who needs to know that I am I am good to go. Jay Posner. Uh, Jay. Pottery not swept by the Giants. Not partaking in anything up there, uh, are you, Kevin? Just a mile high. Hey, it's legal everywhere. I don't have to wait till I come to Denver. Well, that's—I was going to say—you're between San Francisco and uh, and and Denver. I'm sure there's no shortage of availability, if uh, if you were so inclined. So, which I'm uh, not. Just for the record, Jay. Yeah, I don't, right. Come on now. Okay. Hey, it is a grind, though. That's what Eric Hosmer said last night. He likes to use that word. They all do. It's a grind, and the Padres got into Denver uh, late. Very late, actually early in the morning, and uh, they are here for four against the Rockies. Not good. Swept by the last place Giants, and the Rockies, if I remember what I wrote last night, have won uh, <laughs> 11 of 16? I, I'm not sure if that was it, but they. I know I that they, um, um, they're they 35 and 32, and, and they've, they won eight in a row, and they're four and five since then. So I'm not sure how, I guess that would be huh. 12 out of uh, 17 maybe? Yeah, yeah, 12 out of 17, I go. guess. That's what uh, it was. Three and three against the Cubs. They did get blown out yesterday. I, I did find this interesting that they're they're 20 and 13 at home, and yet their run differential at home is zero. So they've had some, obviously, more blowout losses at home than blowout wins, but six and a quarter runs per game for each team on average so far at Coors Field this year. So the games could be long when you're up there. They could also be interesting. And for Padre fans... They would hope that they have better results than we saw the last couple nights in San Francisco. So uh, why don't we go over those games? Because the first game was Chris Paddock, and there's obviously was news about him yesterday. So the I guess the important thing was it looked Paddock looked a lot better. He had one bad inning, but he looked a lot better after that game. What was the what was the feeling about his performance on Tuesday night? I think that was it. He got into he you know, he got out of a, of a jam uh, in one inning. He you know he had a bad inning. He gave uh, a terrible pitch to Tyler Austin. I think it was. That, yeah, it was uh, one of those scored. hanging changeups like he, yeah. he which he's done a few times recently. Which he'll go down and work on. But let's not get yeah. ahead to the go down. Uh-huh. The good part was. The velocity was back up. The good part was he was throwing the curve in more varied counts, and it was a good curve. It was actually a harder curve, and and, and so it's like that was good for him. The Padres felt like, hey, this is a good pitch, man, but like what I'm learning here covering all these young guys, there's this difference between, yeah, I have confidence in it, and hey, I'm going to throw that. Uh And so uh (laughs) uh, that's been one of the most impressive things about Matt Strom, and and with Chris Paddock, young guy, learning. So it was a very, very impressive outing in that way. Now, he only went five innings. He did get into trouble. He did give up those pitches and a home run afterward. So, but still, a lot of positives, and obviously the Padres had planned. We we knew this was going to happen at some point. The Padres obviously had it planned for yesterday that Chris Paddock would be optioned to single A. It appears it's going to be 10 days. And, it, you know, the guy might not even pitch for the Lake Elsinore Storm. He'll mm-hmm. do a couple bullpen sessions. If he pitches, it'll be like Nick Margavichus did uh, with the Sod Poodles where he pitched uh, two innings. And the other was like these two bullpen sessions that are like, you know, super intense and like, let's work on this, man. Yeah, it was funny to see the, the sort of mini panic yesterday that Paddock had been 
had been sent down. It was like, wait, this is this is something that's going to happen. And and then I'm curious how they use him even when he comes back up because th- with the All-Star break coming, there's ways to sort of manipulate the rotation yeah. where he can pitch, kind of get an extra start, or they could skip an extra start with him. And then even coming out of the break, you know, could always wait till the end of the rotation for, for him. And, and we'll get to Strom in a minute, but it was the same thing with, with Strom, who was going to have an innings limit as well. Now, he had a, a minor injury. You know, we don't know if he maybe could have pitched through it anyway, but same type of thing where they were looking to give him a rest. And so I think that's all that, that's going on with Paddock. I mean, he certainly, look, he hasn't pitched as well as he did in his first seven starts, but by no means has he pitched to the point where they're going to demote him based on based on his performance. So I did see a, quite a few things uh, in my in my timeline from Mets fans uh, who were reveling and and uh, talking about <laughs> what a what a joke Paddock was. He was being sent down. A clear misunderstanding, though. I guess give them their moment that uh, their guy Pete Alonso is still going, and 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 Chris Paddock uh, hasn't been quite the same since that day. But uh, that's that's sort of the definition of ignorance, right there. <laughs> Uh, that was Kevin Acey who said that. Just for anyone, uh, sometimes you gotta call it like it just, is. Uh, just, for, just for anyone wondering. So <laughs> that was planned. Okay, uh, right, right. And then last night's game was—I I don't even know what to say about last night's game. I yeah. mean, it was one of those weird things where the Padres were unlucky at the very beginning. Josh Naylor's ball—I I still don't know if that was should have been ruled a home run or not. But then you know they still had chances. He was still on second base. And then they had the bases, you know, Machado and Hosmer walk. They end up with the bases loaded with one out. And and Reyes, as he's done, you know, at times this year with men on base, yeah. uh, gets gets jumpy or, or froggy, as a certain TV analyst might uh, might say. And he, and he jumped at the first pitch and hits into a double play. So there's a run, at least one run. That, it uh, was, i got to say this. Now, should he have swung? No. But it was a really good pitch that Fran Reyes could have hit into the bag. Oh, abso- uh, absolutely. But, absolutely. But, but he, you know, just based on what he's done yes. in those situations this year, he still, and, and I'm sure that it's been pounded into him, relax, oh, yeah. relax, relax. But he, you know, he saw a good pitch, but he didn't do anything uh, with yep. it. The defense was sloppy. Tatis tried to do too much on the one mm-hmm. grounder. Uh, they got a little unlucky in that inning with a couple ground balls that were you know, infield singles, and then you have the, the play with a couple errors, and, and Naylor makes a bad throw, and it, it was just kind of a sloppy situation. And then at the end of the game, you know, just when everything looks like it's, okay, the game's over, and you're about to hit send on your story, um, you know, Renfro, come, Renfro, who looked awful the night before, striking out the first three times up, you know, smokes a double, they get the walk, and, and I thought that was a pitch around on Myers where I, I felt like Will Smith was like, I, I don't really want to give Myers anything good here. I don't care he's hitting 220. I think I can get Manuel Margot out. And uh, that was what ended up. Lo and up. behold. Yeah, lo and behold, that's what, uh, that's what happened. So that, I guess you could file that under games that got away. Uh, there's been a few of those this year. And to me, that, wouldn't you say that belongs in that category? Oh, was that, we, absolutely! And if it happened in the middle of uh, you know a four game or at the end of a four game uh, winning streak, that would be one thing. And and it's really the same thing as you know it happening to drop them to their worst record of the season. But that seemed uh, sort of poetic and convenient for me, by the way. Right, uh, to right. Be able to say, hey, look how bad this was. So there they are. And they it's interesting. Spent, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say it's interesting with day. the thirty-three and thirty-five record so the worst um they had only been under 500 right the one day and then yeah. the two days this week and I, I you know there's two ways to look at that one is that obviously they've they've been they were 11 and 5 they've been over 500 most of the year that's a good 
that's a good sign. The other thing is, if this is the worst they've been this year at two games under 500, you know, I, I guess it's not so bad. I mean, this is still a team, and and obviously people got expectations raised a little bit early in the year. But I, I've said over and over, and I know you have and other people as well, this is still a team where if they finished at 500 this year, I would consider that to be progress. Uh, and even if they won eight, I mean, it's not a, a cold, solid 81 and 81. You know, somewhere in that range, 79 to 83 wins seem to be sort of a, to me, a best-case scenario. So if you're 33 and 35 now, it's not like that means that, that the sky is falling or anything. They're not playing particularly well. They've got issues uh, with pitching. They've still got issues with guys that they need to be productive at the plate that aren't terribly productive. Uh you know, last night the defense wasn't good. But we're going to see nights like that when, you, when you're going to be playing guys like Naylor and Reyes in the outfield. You're going to see nights where there might be mistakes made out there. You would hope that guys like Tatis and, and Hosmer wouldn't get involved as well. But anyway, that's my read on 33 and 35. You can take it any way you want. I, I got a couple tweets last night from people saying, you know, this is terrible. It's, you know, the, the normal stuff. And then I got a guy who said, you know, even at 33 and 35, I think they're overachieving. And to me, they're still fun to watch. And and if you look at their run differential, they probably are overachieving a little bit. I mean, they, they probably should have a couple fewer wins than they do. I think they're at minus 34 uh, right now. So where are you on 33 and 35, Kevin? I think so many things are coming true that those of us that observe the team and then obviously those in the organization have said. And, and you know, there's good and there's bad. And, hey, last night, for instance, and it wasn't the first time, Fernando Tatis, this is exactly what they were talking about. Fernando Tatis is going to cost you games. He is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to happen because he's also going to save you games and win you games, which has happened far more than what happened last night. Right. And that is a part of the growing process. So there you have it. It is an interesting transition that we're in right now. Not only have we been really focused on Maybe not so much the record, but kind of the results. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, we've been kind of like, you know, more win-oriented here and, and looking at moves that have been made and, and, and performances of players and, and having that, you know, toward the record is what we've been focused on. And now we're like, okay, this is about what we thought. Plus, we got the trade deadline coming. Basically, everyone on this team, except the guys you could name, is available. And, you know, we got pitchers they're going to call up, particularly in the bullpen. So it's just this inter- it is this interesting time of what is going to happen. And I don't know that any of us at this point could like this, this team wouldn't be on the board in terms of a win total right now because we just don't know what uh, who's going to be playing on this team. Who's right, going to be playing right. in the outfield? Um, what if you know Manny Machado starts hitting like Manny Machado? What if that doesn't happen till next year? What if it never right. happens, Jay? Well, That's a whole I, podcast in itself. I know it is. <laughs> well, and I mean, what if you know what if Ker- what if Kirby Yates gets traded? Exactly. I mean, you know, there's that kind of stuff that we'll have to get into more as we get closer to the deadline. But I mean, that's going to be another uh, another part of this is how many guys get dealt, and is that something where in the sh- in the short run they decide that it's it's worth a few losses, uh, or perhaps worth a few losses to, you know, to to get something for the future and to, and to to keep building the roster and at its weakest points, I guess. And they have some things. When we're talking about trades here, when we're talking about stocking the farm system exclusively, I mean, the Padres have some issues. They're, they're, I'm not saying they're ready to give up on their catchers, but, you know, they've been looking for more since they were looking to get JT Real Muto last year. Right, uh, they, could, right. they continue to be looking for uh, a major league 
caliber catcher who can at least be, you know, what they they wish they could. Austin Hedges and Francisco Mejia could have a baby, yeah. and 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 that player could be the meld of the two of them. Although I'd still love to see Mejia get a shot to, you yeah. know, play five, play five days a week for a, for oh. a month or at least a month or 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 two before we start wondering if they need to to replace him. I mean, you know, you know, look, Hedges shows signs at times of being somebody who maybe could be the guy that's going to hit two if he could just hit 220 or 230 or whatever and then there's times you know unfortunately more often than not where he doesn't look like that guy um but and they I, can't have it right they can't. And, and i would like but again i'd like to see mejia uh in that sort of situation so maybe maybe we'll see him sooner rather than later uh jeff sanders our colleague was is in el paso right now we talked to luis urias last night uh who you know admitted there were things that he was supposed to be working on down there and that he is working on that. So I, I hope everyone has checked out that story either online or in today's paper. And uh, Jeff will have more out of El Paso over the over the weekend and, and into next week as as well. I know he's hoping to talk to Andres Munoz at one point. So we'll see when uh, when he might be up. But first, Kevin, four games at Coors Field. And the first two will be thrown by Matt Strom in his return from the injured list tonight and Cal Quantrill tomorrow night. And what they both have in common is they neither one has pitched at Coors Field before. Good, good luck to that. <laughs> I'm I'm sure they know what they're in for. But what do we what do we think we're seeing out of Strom tonight? And are we looking at sort of his normal you know 90 95 pitch limit, or maybe even a few a few fewer because of uh, the absence for the past couple of weeks? I would think a few. Uh, fewer because of the absence, but but not many. I mean, this is uh, again something that they expected, and heck, we could see it again uh, with, with Strom uh, if they can, like you mentioned, around the All Star break and, and and that sort of thing. So, and Matt Strom is a, a different kind of cat. He was he probably would have pitched through this. I mean, I'm no doctor. I don't know exactly the you know the, the levels of truth that I get told, but <laughs> but it sure did seem based on everything, seeing him, hearing from him, other people that that this was you know that he's going to be back out there 100%, and he has been for a couple days. So we'll, we'll see. Like, what, did the rib injury hurt, bother him more? I think I don't think there's any doubt that it bothered him a little bit right. on certain pitches, and his, you know, the results seem to indicate it. So you have that. Cal Quantrill, love what he's done. I, I, I like the story, too, because none of us have been. I mean, no one has been all that impressed with him, including in the organization. And Austin Hedges, oh, wait, he's pretty good at that kind of stuff. He has really helped Cal Quantrill out in terms of the confidence. I mean, when you hear these guys talk about Austin Hedges, it's, I mean, it's just real. Uh, to borrow an Andy Green phrase, everything's real. Have you noticed that, Jay? <laughs> yes. It's real. Yes. It's a real fastball. He's a real player. <laughs> so it's legit what, what Austin brings, and he's helped out uh, Cal Quantrill a lot, including the confidence, hey, we're throwing that slider. We'll see how it plays uh, in Coors Field. And then on Saturday comes Eric Lauer, who he called it a beep show his last time here. <laughs> Just, uh, it, and you it, know what? It was. Then, it was. Three, yeah, three innings, had, eight hits, eight runs. There's, there's not really any other word for it other than that. And no excuse, no, nothing like, well, this worked or that worked. Uh-huh. You know, because pitchers have to look at it that way, right? right? They're like, well, I did this, I did, and they have to. Not that day, not Eric <laughs> like that. Nope, had nothing. So uh, he's been he's been really 
you know, pretty darn good. Maybe the best version of Eric Lauer, really, if you consider, you know, the pitch mix, the length he's going into games, um, the opponents that he's faced. He's, he's actually been pretty darn good since then, but here he's back at Coors Field where actually he's had some a couple of beep shows uh-huh. uh, in his short career. So we'll see that, and then we'll have the Margavishes show, which just means uh, him and a cast of uh, relievers probably. Yeah, I mean, he went Sunday. he went five when the Padres were up there in May. The, the two games they lost were Friday and Sunday games, 12-2 and 10-7. And the 10-7 game, I think Reyes hit a home run late to make it uh, the score yeah, a little more was, respectable. Yeah. But Margavich just gave up five runs in five innings that day. I'd be shocked if we saw him pitch five innings uh, on Sunday. I know people were were surprised last week when he came out after you know what well, you nailed fourth, it right away inning. on Twitter and it was exactly what the Padres were thinking. Yeah, I mean that, that I don't think they want him going through at this point having him go through the second the order two times is is sort of a all right we'll let him try it but as soon as he gets into trouble uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna push our luck with that and and uh, you know I I think they got lucky like with the bullpen game the other day we talked about with Perdomo lasting three and a third. I mean, if they could get three and a third out of Margavichus on Sunday and only allow, say, one run or something, I'm sure that would be a, a big bonus. For, well, provided also, think about it, what if Eric Lauer has another, you know, yeah, <laughs> what, exactly. another Eric Lauer Coors Field start the day before that? So, no, the, yeah, the bullpen <laughs> usage is going to be something where, uh, you know, the Margavichus outing last time, I mean, uh, Gerardo Reyes and, and Wick gave up five runs in an inning uh, after Margavichus left to where that game got out of hand. The Rockies are throwing John Gray tonight, who seems to pitch against the Padres all the time. 13 innings, four runs so far. The Padres did win the game that he pitched at Coors. Lucchese pitched well that day, and the Padres wound up beating Wade Davis in the ninth inning, I think it was, that night for their uh, only win against the Rockies in five tries so far this year. Friday night is one of those games they're facing Jeff Hoffman, who sounds like Tyler Beatty the other night, who looked like he was, you know, had a great run of, of outs where you're thinking, this guy has an ADRA and he's retiring like 10 in a row. Hoffman has an ADRA also uh, so far this year and a career ERA over six. So we'll see how that goes. Saturday, Herman Marquez, their, uh, their best starter, will go. Uh, he beat the Padres at Coors already this year. I think he might have beaten him at Petco uh, as well. And then a, a rookie... 22-year-old rookie named Peter Lambert, who uh, was a second-round pick in 15, 2-0 in his two starts uh, in the big leagues, both against the Cubs, and only allowed one run in each of them. So that'll be uh, uh, interesting to see him pitch on Sunday. But uh, the Padres have not fared terribly well against the Rockies, and so another big test coming this weekend. Any moves on the horizon that you want to forecast? Other than probably bullpen guys going up and down, uh, uh, depending on how the starters fare. Yeah, let's say that. Uh, and I'll tell you, they, they got the green light here on, on, on Urias. It's, it's when their people in El Paso say, okay, let's do it. Or, you know, Ian Kinsler stops being serviceable, I mm-hmm. guess. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the more you look at Ian Kinsler, the more you go, you know, he had a bad April. And, and, and if not for that, then... I don't know. I, I guess, you know, we've got to find someone to pick on. But uh, he he makes some pretty good plays there uh, at second base. And since May 1st, he's, he's been pretty decent. But, I, I mean, they they say that Luis Urias could be could be any day. Right, so, right. So who knows, right? Well, and, uh, and, you know, and this is the kind of place where, obviously, you're not going to win too many 2-1 to games at uh, – 
at Coors. I mean, they have those three guys, you know, Blackman, Story, and, and Arenado, assuming Arenado's healthy enough to play. Uh, he got hit on the forearm yesterday, I guess, x-rays. Bud Black was quoted today as saying that the x-rays showed no significant damage. Now, <laughs> does significant mean, what does that mean? That's one of those weird words like, okay, does that mean he's still going to miss a week? Or, you know, like his arm didn't fall off? Or I, I don't know. But I, I would expect, you know, you'd expect him to play. Uh, Blackman Arenado story have combined for 44 home runs already this year. I, I think the games at Coors are always are always interesting is probably the best way to uh, to put it because you just don't know what you're going to see. You don't know when a 12-10 game is going to break out. I mean, the, like I said, the Rockies yesterday got blown out 10-1. to uh, you, you just never know. More than any other place probably, you never know what you're going to what you're going to see up there. But and that's why you're there, know. Kevin, to tell us to tell us what happens. Right. With the Padres. Yeah. That, I suppose every beat writer feels that way and it's the beauty of baseball, but in particular it seems this team this year. It's like, "Oh, well that was different." Yeah, no. I mean, I think probably the, you know, the guys who cover the Dodgers, you know, sort of know <laughs> most games what they're going to get uh unless until and unless Joe Kelly comes comes out of the bullpen. Uh, and even then, they probably know what they're going to get out of uh, out of that. But uh, yeah, this is certainly an unpredictable team, and and uh, it figures to to continue that way. So uh, that's hopefully why some why some people are are following, and we'll we'll see what happens over the weekend. And then you'll be back home, and we'll talk on Monday when the uh, when the Brewers come in for three games. For a, Brew crew, a, a quick quick little homestand. Yep. All right, everybody. Thank you very much.